Thank you all. Would you join me in prayer? Dear Lord, I pray that this night might be like that night in that someone or some would meet Jesus for the first time. Thank you, Lord, that uh, it is uh, divine more than we can uh, fathom, imagine, and there really are no, no words uh, for what happened that night, but also what could happen any night or day when the risen Lord enters into a heart and a life to bring light into dark places and to make a person not just renewed, but reborn. Thank you for the supernatural power of your Holy Spirit that dwells here in us and our prayers that it would dwell in others. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you all. I want to ask you to, uh, to take your Bibles, turn to Luke 2. Uh, we're going to go over a, a very familiar passage, the Christmas story. Uh, let me say this, I, I really want to just talk or try to talk plainly to you. And the best way I could kind of... Uh, uh, equate it would be, and I say this at church often, or I have this Christmas, is that as a pastor, um, I mean, I, I still love going to, to parties, love going out to parties, my, and my wife and I, but as a pastor, often uh, I'll get cornered without getting cornered and, and get into some pretty deep conversations. Uh, it can be about uh, very practical needs. You know, someone thinks their life is in the gutter, and they're like, you know what I do? I mean, usually at this point, uh, you know, they're, you know, four or five drinks in. That's okay. You know, they're sharing, they're open. Uh, but other times, uh, and sometimes it's maybe six or seven in, but they'll even bring up like, you know, questions about Christ, about Christianity. And I have found one-on-one, I actually believe the gospel travels best one-on-one, uh, that they're wonderful opportunities to just talk uh, and share really plainly, the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. So uh, that's what I'm going to do tonight. So, so you can pretend, at least, you know, we're at a party. I don't know if you want to pretend four, five, six, or seven. But anyway, we can just pretend that we're talking. And, you know, I often thought uh, over the last week, it's like I'm going to just kind of talk 15 minutes. We've all got place to go, stuff to do, try to keep it tight. And then the Lord began to work on me. It's like, no, you need to... You need to share the gospel because, uh, you know, there are people, and I just say it like it is, I mean, there are people that will come to church tonight uh, that might come Easter, but that might be their only two days, or, or maybe they'll throw in Mother's Day. So I want to unapologetically proclaim the gospel on Christmas Eve, and it may take a little bit longer than 15 minutes. I know somebody's like, dang, you know, but anyway, it's, it's okay. You, you'll get there. And, and for me, uh, nothing is more important than sharing the gospel the truth of it, um, to all of you who, whether you know it or not, I love, but more so the Lord loves. So we want to do that. And, and I also say this, that because if you're here and you, you don't know Jesus, and I mean like really know him, it's very easy to say, you know, what's the point? What's the point of this? I mean, nice tradition. It's a great, you know, excuse to get family together. The candlelight, it's going to be pretty. It's really spectacular. They're like, what's the point? I mean, there's gifts that are coming. More importantly, there are gifts that we're giving. Uh, there's family. What's the point of Jesus Christ? And a great way to describe the point was given to me by my grandmother, 
one of my grandmothers, my grandmother who's still uh, living, and I was up visiting with her Monday, and, and those who know me know I'll roll in. She lives next door to my parents, and when I visit my parents, I'll go in early because she gets up early, and we'll spend some time together, some quiet time, just me and her. And so we're there Monday, and she, she all of a sudden, she's probably going to, She's probably going to listen to this podcast, so love you, grandmother. But anyway, she didn't know I was going to share this. But so we get into this conversation, and she says, she's 87. She's seen much of life. Uh, all of her siblings have gone on to be with the Lord. And she said, and to me this illustrates, you know, what, what's the point? She said, you know, John, I wonder what death is going to be like. Like, what's that, what's that moment going to be like? I mean, of course, I'm there. I was like, grandmother, I, I don't know. You know, I love you. But she was, it was no, nothing flippant or comical about it. She's like, you know, I, I think about that. And then she told this story. It's really a beautiful story of when her brother passed, and he was in his upper 80s as well. And they were all in the hospital room, and his wife uh, was still alive. And, you know, she kept talking to him, and grandmother said, you know, you could tell that he was fighting to stay alive. You know, and he would, you know, he would take breaths, and he, would just, he just did not want to go. And then his daughter came up to him, grandmother, and grandmother was in the room, and his daughter said, you know, Daddy, when the angels come again, go with them. And right around that moment, he went with the angels. Now, I say all that because I do think often we look at Christmas Eve, and it's a wonderful time. But there is a weight to it of heaven and here. You know, a wonderful verse that we like to uh, talk about a lot, uh, Chris has used it on baptism uh, Sundays, is Luke 15.10. And that verse, if you know it, it reveals that there are times that heaven looks down on earth that people in heaven see earth. That verse is that when one sinner repents and believes, there's rejoicing in heaven. I love that verse for the sinner who repents and believes, but I also love it because it shows us that those whom we love that are up there see us down here. They see what's going on. And I say all this because it's a very, very big point about Christmas. Uh, the weight of our life, the weight of eternity, the weight of eternal destiny that begins and ends in Jesus Christ. And I think all of us, if we're honest, we may not think about it all the time. We, we certainly want, want to be morbid, but we think about, what will that moment be like? What will that moment be like? And there's something supernatural about it, and I think there's something supernatural about Christmas, not just the first Christmas, but this Christmas too. And I'd love for you to imagine as you listen, and maybe it'll be about 15 minutes, but that heaven is watching Heaven's watching tonight. There is this connection that we have, this little church here, and heaven that is supernatural. And something's going on past me speaking, past you sitting, past even you listening, past thinking about something's going on that's bigger and weightier that has to do with destiny, that has to do with eternity. So let's read that night. Luke 2, verse 8 through 20. Familiar passage. And it says, In the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord 
shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angels a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart, And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. Christmas is about memory or memories. Uh, The memories that we have, memories of loved one. I just told you about one grandmother. Often at Christmas, I will remember uh, my other grandmother uh, who um, who passed 51 from cancer. She was a, uh, an artist, a writer, a teacher. I've told certain folks, she used to paint nativity scenes. She would take these ceramic figures and just give them life with all these different colors. So I always remember her. She would paint me a nativity scene. This night is a lot about memories. I'll probably stay up later than anybody else, and I'll sit up. My wife will tell you I'm kind of dramatic, and I'll sit up, and I'll be thinking and you know, reading a little bit. So if you want to catch me, that's where I'll be, you know. It is also about memories of places, times. I remember my dad would go to either Christmas Eve service or with friends uh, afterwards, and we'd be driving home. Sometimes it'd be just me and dad because we'd have two separate cars. And he would always say this every Christmas Eve. We'd pass by a Huddle House. Everybody knows what Huddle House is? Amen? Huddle House? Amen? Huddle House. And he would say, look at this. Only night of the year is closed. Only night of the year, lights are off. There was this stillness. I remember those times. You all will have memories that are made. Then we remember this night. We remember it in song. Remember it in the Bible. We remember it in imaginations, particularly if we are Christians and if we're trying to grow in Christ. Something I would always do, revealing a lot tonight, but when I was in junior high and even into high school, I loved dogs. We would always have golden retrievers. And landings, you can amen. Amen. They have golden retrievers too. Anyway, we'd have golden retrievers and I would come out at midnight. I'd stay awake to midnight. And I would go outside with my golden retriever. And I'd just look up. And it'd just take like five to seven minutes. And just think about like what we just read. Like skies bursting forth. Multitudes of angels. And by the way, multitude in the original Greek means thousands. So it's not like just six, seven, ten, a dozen, thousands. And I would imagine that night. Christmas is much about memory. But for us, and for me, and for my family, and for this family, I don't want Christmas to just be about memory. I would preach to you, I'd proclaim to me and us that we make it about destiny. Because it is, in fact, about destiny, eternal 
destiny. It is about memory, and often we fall into the place where it's only about memory. And I'm here to say, Christmas is really about destiny. Not just destiny of this life and this time and season that God's given me, but for eternity. And that God has a destiny for each and every one of us uh, that we cannot fathom. And as I like to say, there are no accidents in Christianity. So where you were born and when you were born and the relationships that you're connected to, there are no accidents to that. And there is this destiny, this plan. And we see this right here in the passage. The shepherds. And I love how Jennifer talked about the shepherds. Uh, the shepherds were not just common folks. I mean, they were like lower, lower, lower class. And they were not well thought of by anybody. I mean, they were really thought of as uh, scoundrels, swindlers. They cheat you out of your sheep or whatever it is. And that the Lord revealed Himself to them first. To them first. But here's what I mean about destiny. Their, their destiny changed in that moment. Because they were just shepherds. And then they became like the angels, heralds. I love that song, Hark the Herald Angels Sing. Herald means a proclaimer. You're heralding out good news. And the shepherds, they saw the babe and they went and told people about him. Some didn't believe. But they continued to tell people about Jesus. They heralded the good news. They heralded the gospel that God has come. And not only did they herald, they worshipped. So they returned. They worshipped. Their destiny, their lives were changed. Then you have Mary. And I love what it says about Mary here. That Verse 19, but Mary. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. I love how Luke adds that sentence. He didn't have to. But Mary... Her destiny was changed. Her life was changed. She hadn't got it all figured out. She didn't know what the future would bring. But she treasured Jesus. And she also pondered Jesus. And I think that's a key thing, especially for those of y'all who do not believe. We can treasure Christ, and we can also ponder His work and His ways and His methods and not see all the plan. We can treasure and adore Him and also learn about Him as we grow. Then I want to talk about the angels real quick, because the angels here, not only do they impact the destinies of the shepherds, and I think of Mary, but of us. Of us tonight. You're like, hey, no angels right now. Maybe there are angels in here that we don't see. But here's what I ask you, and this could be the most important question of your life. You may not realize it. Why were the angels praising so much? Think about it. Why were the angels heralding so much, praising, glorifying so much, giving glory? Why? Some might say, well, I mean, it's because, you know, God's able to to do this. God's able to become human, flesh. Well, God can do anything. I mean, it's not really anything to, like, praise about. I mean, it's great, but that's not this reason for thousands of angels. You can say, well, now it's God with us, you know. He will always be with us, even when we go through trials, whenever we face anything. So they're praised that God is is with us. Yeah, but it's kind of like, that's still not as powerful as it could be. I mean, He's with us, and that's great, and he, He did it, and that's great. But I mean, celebrating, praising, glorifying, why? Why did that 
happen? And the reason it's the most important question, I really think, for our life, is that they're praising because He's saving us. They're rejoicing because this broken sinner now has an eternal destiny both on earth and in heaven. And many broken sinners in here have an eternal destiny both on earth and in heaven. And that is something to praise about. That God is able to do it, become flesh, that God is with us, but in so doing, He saves us. Because He died for us and He went to the cross. Talked about Hark the Herald Angels Sing. Honestly, it is my favorite Christmas carol. I think it is the, uh, and I love this word, it's the richest, it has the most depth. Think about the words, Hark the Herald Angels Sing, Glory to the Newborn King. Peace on earth and mercy mild, God and sinners reconciled. The celebration, the glory, the praising, The singing, the celebrating is that now we individually, we as a people, are reconciled with God. And that saves us. We get heaven when we, and I'm going to say this on Christmas Eve, deserve hell. I know I I never would say this about any of y'all. Well, I might, some of you. I know I deserve hell. And I get heaven. Because God came and God saved. So, the truth of the matter is, the Christmas message is the Easter message. The Easter message is the Christmas message. It's not only about God coming, God being with us. The rejoicing is He came to save. He came to save you, brothers and sisters. And I want us to, I really want us to imagine, I want us to do something here. Can we just dim the lights a little bit? Maybe that'll kind of help. We're going to slowly begin to kind of move into candlelight. We're going to take communion first. But I'm going to ask y'all, I'm going to beg y'all. I like to use that word. I'll beg you. No pride. But imagine that something bigger and greater and weightier is going on right now. Because I believe it is. The Bible is very clear in talking about supernatural things. The Bible is very clear talking about angels. Not just in Luke 2. All throughout the Bible. Angels of the Lord. The Bible is very clear in talking about demons and battles between angels and demons. And the Bible is very clear about God, Father, Son, and Spirit, Lord, that rules over it all. And so I want to ask y'all, I'd like to beg y'all to like think for this moment in the next five to seven minutes that something bigger, something eternal is going on with you individually and with us as a body worshiping right now. I want to put up a, a verse on the screen, Hebrews 12, 1 and 2, two verses. I'll read it to you. Listen to this. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, so the memories of loved ones that we have, let's imagine, and I believe rightly, they're here. We're surrounded by a cloud of witnesses. Angels. 
Therefore, since we are, let us lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, baby Jesus here, in swaddling clothes, laid in a manger, let us look to Jesus, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is now seated at the right hand of the throne of God. The truth is, when we gather, something much bigger is going on, and there are angels in heaven waiting to let it rip and rejoice that one sinner repents and believes. And I would invite you, all of you, to think that that could be tonight. That this Christmas could be the Christmas where Christmas was before were all about memories. But in Christmas 2015, it became about eternal destinies. And even if you say, hey, I am a Christian, then maybe we all can rethink or know Christmas for what it really is because it is about eternal destinies. It is about the future. The Christmas message is the Easter message that God loves you. There are no accidents. God's got a plan for you. He came to save you. And you have an eternal destiny that awaits. And I can't see it, nor can you. But we can feel it at times. And we can know it. And we can walk into it when we look to Jesus. So I invite you to lay claim of Christ. And as you do that, you lay claim of your eternal destiny. I invite you to receive Him. Whether you call it receive Him or ask Him into your heart or know Him again. I like surrender most of all. Surrender to the reality that there's something much bigger going on tonight, yet also tomorrow and tomorrow night. That Jesus wants you to know that He loves you and He wants you to surrender to Him. Please don't just make Christmas about memories. Make it about eternal destinies. Last thing I'm going to do before I pray and invite us to communion. And I just want to, I love this. uh, It's an illustration. But I want you to think about it. Can we just cut off all the lights? Four will probably have to stay on, but let's just cut it all off. People always ask me, what is Christmas? Trees still up? Backlights? Can we get those off or not? If not, it's okay. Um. Get as dark as we can in here. People always ask, you know, what is Christmas? Jesus born, all that. You know, the best definition I've ever heard of Christmas is is this right here. I'm going to blow out the candles. (laughs) Forgive me, Jennifer, Gary. (laughs) But it's a dark world. Even more so, it's dark hearts. A dark heart. And then in a moment, light comes into the world. And that light is not a that or a what, it's a who, it's Jesus Christ. And he lights up a dark heart, and he is lighting up a dark world, and in him brings love, joy, supernatural joy, real joy, peace, and hope for the future, no matter your circumstances. So that is the Jesus we proclaim, that is the Jesus we invite you to know as we pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you for your gospel, which is so much more real 
than we realize. And not just that you came to us, but that you came to save us. And that angels were celebrating that night, and angels are celebrating tonight. Because hearts are turning to you, Lord. Thank you for not just coming to us in a manger and growing up, but that you went to the cross and that the tomb is empty. In Jesus' name, amen.